Okay, you know, in honor of school starting, I'll drop the toaster story. <gasps> Are you going to tell a toaster story right now? Might as well. In honor of the 20th episode. Oh my God, it's a glorious day. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. My name's Emily. And I'm Savannah. And today we are discussing Ivy by Willa Nash. But before we get into it, Sav, how are you? Well, remember last episode when I told everybody I was buying a house and my biggest worry was like, oh no, I can't decorate for fall because I'm going to buy this house. Well, I'm not buying a house anymore. So pros include being able to decorate for fall. Cons include no longer buying a house. So that's where I'm at. How are you? Yo, Savannah, I've had a week. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, so I got my hair cut. And my stylist and I are very close. He literally could play like David from Schnitt's Creek. Like they are the same person. And he asked me if I've been winking at any boys lately and when I'm going to stop being a control freak. And I was like, damn, I was like, this, this kind of hurts a little bit, but we kind of have that like relationship where I'm like, damn, like it's therapy and a haircut at the same time. And then I saw somebody on TikTok. And I've been unwell since they said this, said that August by Taylor Swift is the follow-up to Cruel Summer. <laughs> and I have just been so unwell thinking about that. But other than that, today's my last day of being a stay-at-home daughter. And that's basically it. And that's on period. <laughs> she so. has really earned her ability to not be a stay-at-home daughter anymore. And my grandma was like, what if you meet your husband tomorrow? And I was like, wishful thinking. Oh but God, that's what it. if you do what are you gonna wear just in case okay so I have this dress it's pretty cute so it has kind of the square neckline it's floral and it's quarter sleeved and then it, it's like midi so it doesn't go to my ankles but it's in between my knees and ankles and it's a tad bit fitted so okay it's very cute. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to take a picture. And so it's kind of like power statement, but also like a subtle power statement. So because my first impression. First impressions are important. And Sav starts her new job tomorrow. So we're thriving over here. They sent me a computer and everything, which like, I've never had a big girl job. I've had several big girl jobs, but none that like sent me fucking materials before I started. But it's a Dell, and I don't know how to be like, hey, besties, I'm really an Apple user. (laughs) Like, I guess I just have to use the fucking Dell. (laughs) Come on. Give me a fucking MacBook. (laughs) Sav, what have you been reading this week? This week? So if you listened to the episode last week, Emily and I are known for doing this, saying that we're going to read some shit that we haven't read. And so I went to read Rush by Candy Steiner. A couple of things. This book is probably not bad if like you were Greek and you had fun in college. I work in fraternity and sorority life. So it was so cringy and I just hated everything about it. I DNF'd it. I don't tip. I'm not a DNFer. I texted Emily. I said, no way in hell I can do an episode on this. I'm out. Like you lost me. So I did DNF Rush by Candy Steiner. I gave it a whirl. I would encourage you all to give it a whirl. If you don't work in fraternity and sorority life, I'm sure it's very fun. Just wasn't very fun for me. 
And then I read Ivy, which is so good. She was long. It took me like two and a half solid days of effort to finish this, but it was really good. And then yesterday I read A Kingdom of Stars and Shadows by Holly Renee. Let me tell you, let me tell you what this entailed. It was a dirty talking half fairy, half vampire with a praise kink. And like, can you think of anything else that feels more me? I can't. So gave it five stars. Obviously loved it. Still in my fantasy kick, I think I'm going to keep it going. But that's what I've been reading. So I've been having a slow week because I've been reading some thick ones. So first I finished the Mindfuck series and I just don't have any words. It was probably a million star read for me. It was just so freaking good, Sav. I really think that you should read it. There is a little bit of spice to it, but it's more like the twit. It's very criminal minds as the book goes on. It was just such a good read. And I'm really sad because the author tragically passed away last year in a car accident. And because of TikTok, this book has like resurfaced, has become really popular. So I was like really sad when I found out that like she doesn't get to see like how popular her book has gotten. Oh my God. I was like, that's really sad, but it was really good. I know. I, and it was so good. It's just getting so popular. And I was like, this is sad. Damn. And then I read Ivy, which we're discussing today, which Sav told me to read it. So freaking good. And then my next reads are One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid and Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. So I will be crying. That's kind of like what I'm in the mood for. Like I was kind of thinking I've read all of Colleen's books. So I was like, I don't have any other Colleen Hoover books read, but I wanted a book that would make me feel like that. So that's where we are. Are you a, ta- are you a Taylor Jenkins Reid? Are you a TJR fan? Or is this your first adventure into her? So I read Malibu Rising which I think I would have appreciated it more, but I was like probably on like a 30 book, like dark mafia, like romance binge. And then I read Malibu Rising and I, I don't think I was able to appreciate it as much as like, if I like wasn't in that like mode. So I'm very excited for this one. Okay. I have a couple of thoughts on TJR. So she has blown up recently If you're going to read TJR, I think you should start with Daisy Jones and then you should read The Seven Husbands and then you should read Malibu Rising. Her next book, I got an arc of. It is phenomenal. Carrie Soto is back. I think it comes out in either August or September. I don't know, some point this fall. I'm excited. But going back to what we were talking about with the Candy Starry book, two things. One, one day, since we're not discussing that book, a different time, I'll tell my toaster story. But I think you should tell the toaster story today, please. (laughs) Should we like keep hinting at it forever? And then maybe one day we'll drop the infamous toaster story. I don't know. I can also just drop it today. Up to Um, you. If it comes up naturally. What was your second thing? So, you know, they're making the HBO Max special on Rush Talk. And like University of Alabama's Rush. Yeah, because there were people with fucking wires in recruitment rooms. No, I could have never rushed in this time period. See, I don't think about it from like a rushing perspective. I think about it as like an employee perspective. I'm like, this really fucking blows. Like, this is going to make us look real bad. And that's not good for me. So that's all I have to say. 
but maybe is this our 19th episode or our 20th episode no this is 20 okay you know in honor of school starting i'll drop the toaster story <gasps> are you gonna tell a toaster story right now might as well <laughs> in honor of the 20th episode oh my god it's a glorious day so college one of our friends her brother's fraternity did this if a girl slept with four or more guys in a fraternity she was considered a toaster because she was a household appliance <laughs> so um i became one <laughs> that's basically the story but i do have to say and i don't have to defend myself but i'm just like to say is that there are breaks in between and none of them are friends. Well, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> but yeah. So a and, toaster. And, and how, are you, how are you presented with this toaster? <laughs> how was this so, given to you? So our sorority does a roast and toast for senior week. And my friend Haley, she roasted me. And at the end of my roast, she's like, oh, wait, I have something for you. And she goes back to the table and she hands me a picture of the toaster. And I was like, here I am. So that's a huge accolade. Could put that award next to most likely to cause a car accident, which was my senior award. Truly, your honors and awards section of your resume is so stacked. Like you're coming in so hot. Here I am. So most likely to probably throw up in every public bathroom. Most likely car, cause a car accident and a toaster. A true gem. An American hero. A true gem. And it's just really funny because all these guys were just like huge POSs. Like I should have not even wasted like a day on one of them. But that's my accolade. And the funny thing was I was like friends. Like when I, I was presented this award my senior year. So our sorority did a lot with their fraternity. And so I posted the picture and all of them started texting me, like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And I was like, gotta be one to know one. It means that I have slept with so many of you that I am just another appliance in the house at this point. And I'm going to wear it proudly. I think the best part about that adventure was getting the Wi-Fi password from the house because I never had service during parties. Once I secured that Wi-Fi password, I was like, "Mm mm-mm. I'm elite now. Securing the bag. Yeah. So this is really why we wanted to do Rush by Candy Snyder. We just wanted to tell you all of our shitty stories about when we were young and stupid. We can do that anyways. Yeah. So there you guys go. Congratulations, Emily, on your toaster. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My friend, I was like, you know, when they were saying how you, like when you meet like a partner and stuff you like talk about like your past that will be admitted (laughs) I don't think that will be advertised no I can tell him that's I'll do that Sab you can be like what's your favorite household (laughs) and he'd probably say a KitchenAid stand mixer because any good human would and I'd be like "Uh uh-uh think trashier think (laughs) (laughs) okay before we get into this book I would like to present to you a modern day problem that I'm having. Okay. There are so many books right now that I want to read and I'm sure they're really good, but I know that there's no spice. I know no one's fucking in the book. (laughs) So I'm like, this is a waste of my time. That's ridiculous. Is it not? 
I know I don't think it's ridiculous because I'm the same way <laughs> like this this spice experience has changed me I'm like why do I need to read a memoir are you bringing fun memories to the surface of the people that you fucked no okay then I don't need to read it memoir that we can write <laughs> a toaster <laughs> the brave little toaster a modern remake <laughs> no, no I'm exactly the same way which I don't know how I'm gonna start reading when school starts again I have to do like hey I'll read 10 pages of an oracle then 10 pages of spice I think that that that's how it should be that's that's the the modern balance look at us look at us scholars <laughs> okay getting into this week's like actual episode not just emily sharing with you all why she is a toaster of Delta sigma phi willa nash is the wall is the wall street journal and usa today best-selling author and devney perry's alter ego for writing in kindle unlimited willa is a lover of swedish fish hater of laundry preach girl preach and lives in washington with her husband and two sons books by will and ash include the calamity montana series and the holiday brothers series also as i was skimming her website she has a book called the booty which appeals to me today we will we will be discussing ivy which is set in a college town and follows ivy and her roommates and we do not have a dedication this week okay so getting into the plot review so welcome to clarence manor where ivy Cassia and Alora live. These roommates couldn't be any more different, but what makes them similar is their past and their incredible dark secrets that they hold. They all attend the procedures Aston University, which is tucked in Boston. And not only do the three roommates have past, but they also have three incredibly hot men who push their boundaries. Zane and Alora cannot separate from each other no matter what is at stake for their hearts. Edwin brings the light back into Cassia's life and Tate helps Ivy grow from her trauma and she blossoms into who she was before her major accident. The drama is plentiful in Ivy, but so is the spice in all the relationships. Zane and Edwin are both Ivy's brothers, so we get a multiple family dramas in this book, including Forbidden Affairs and Secret Children. This book is an absolute page turner as dark secrets and plot twists come into light and tropes include brother's best friend and roommate's brother. This book had me in a fucking chokehold. I was up until like 1am last night reading this. It was so good. I couldn't put it down because once you figure out what the twists and turns are, you have to know why so the way that it's written is very like elusive and tries to get you to hint at what these secrets are and I could have never hinted where some of them were going five stars loved it I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about this too was that you had more than one couple per book and so you were seeing relationships form between these three women and then they're like love there was no love. Their hate relationship as roommates, which eventually turned into, oh, it's about to storm, turned into friendships. Oh, shit. Can you hear that? That's <laughs> like real thunder. <laughs> fucking walls are shaking. <laughs> you know, this is so embarrassing. Um, I did fail a general bio um, three times in college, but for the longest time, <laughs> I thought thunder was made when clouds hit each other. No, why did you think that? 
<laughs> I don't know why, but I swear by the like I was still 19 and believe it. Or not. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I don't think you should admit that to anyone else. <laughs> keep that to yourself as you're out in the world as a PhD student. Keep it under locks. That is all. Like how fucking fast would the clouds need to be going <laughs> to make that much noise? I don't know what I was saying because the thunder shooketh me. But yes, and each of them have their own like interesting backstories and skeletons in their closet and family drama. Like each one has enough to make one book, but we put all three of them together and I just ate that shit up. Loved it so much. I have to say, I had a lot of jaw dropping moments in this book. My mouth has never dropped so far as when I found out that Cassia was running away because her dad was banging her boyfriend and then he committed suicide when everybody found out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I was like, no fucking way. I was like, I was like, no, I was like, this can't be fucking real. to speak. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That shit was crazy. Alora had such bad bitch energy and I loved seeing her finally handle all of these secrets because she was kind of like the holder of the secrets and for a long time was just holding it in and not letting it go anywhere. And it was like truly hurting her. And so she finally let it go. She opened herself up to Zane and moved into his little house when he needed help. And I mm, loved that. She melted my icy heart. And then Ivy was tough for me because I really do think I hated her. And I wanted to hate her for longer than I think that I did. But then you learn about her past, which I think helps you garner some empathy for her. And then Tate comes into her life and he's this like older, sexy, hot man. And she wants to change for him. So I loved all of this. Love the mixture of relationships and female friendships forming. The men in this book are top tier. And we're going to get into it. But Zane... Listen, Zane, and I know Emily's favorite was Zane. I don't even have to ask. At one point he says, you are a pain in my ass. Getting anything out of you is a fight. I've never met a woman so guarded and stubborn. Fuck, you are stubborn. But you and me, we fit. We fit so fucking perfectly. It shouldn't be real. Spoiler alert, Zane was my favorite. But (laughs) it's a five-star read for me. It was emotional, spicy, and it was just so well-written. Like, even though it followed the three couples, so six characters in total, I was never lost. Like, it was just so well written. And when the couples would get in an argument, my heart would sink because the arguments just seemed like so like raw and emotional. And I was sad when the book ended because I felt like I was like the fourth roommate in the manor. Um, I love the character development we saw, especially when it came to Ivy and Zane, Edwin, and Tate are all just so hot and I like that they made their girls face their fears about it being so in your face and so obnoxious if my brother owned a club while I was in college I would not know how to act at all and the plot twist like I really thought at the beginning that Ivy killed Cassia's dad because she kept talking about how like no he's dead I was like did she kill her dad but then I found out that her dad was hooking up with Cassie I was like there's no fucking way this just can't be real the guilt that Ivy faced made me just like really sad for her. And I'm really glad that she did meet Tate. Alora and Zane have the relationship where you, where they know it won't end well, but it does. And like, you just root for them from the beginning. 
And I really do like the fact that we not only did the three couples relationships grow, but also the relationship that Ivy has with her brothers. Cause there's like point parts where her brother like tells her friend, like cause Zane and Tate are friends that like, she has like Zane doesn't even know like Ivy, like doesn't even know like who his sister really is. And so I really like that. The epilogue was beautiful. And I just liked how the manner became almost personified to be another character in the book. Okay, I agree. I like when, I don't know if you've heard this, but like when people talk about sex in the city, they say that there are really five characters because New York City is the fifth character. That's kind of how I felt about this. Like the manor was this like, I don't know, kind of like steadfast character in the book and it meant so much to all three of them. And so I really enjoyed that too. I like that it became personified of all of their relationships coming together. I just think it was just so well written. It was not rushed. Everything came full circle. And I feel like all six characters got the same amount of attention in the book. Yeah, I agree. And I like that you said that because there were six characters, but you were never confused about what was going on in any of the relationships, any of the friendships. I mean, other than like you were supposed to be confused because you didn't know, but like, as you were following their relationships forming, you knew what was happening and you could see their like genuine arguments and feelings. And so it was incredibly well-written. I love Tate. And here's a quote from Tate, from Tate. He says, from the moment I saw you in that club, you were mine to touch, to hold, to kiss, to protect you were mine. A man written by a woman. And then Edwin, Edwin was sneaky because I didn't, I had like negative trust in Edwin for the whole book, but I did like him while it was going on. But at one point, Cassia tells him that trusting people is how you get your heart broken. And he says, you're wrong. Trusting people is how you mend your broken heart. And I feel like that's the best quote to kind of sum up their relationship and how they work so well together because she I mean she has some trust issues and that's fair I feel like if your dad and your boyfriend are cheating on each other behind their back like that's fair trust issues are warranted I think I and the thing is we all know I am not a fan of the age gap romances you couldn't even tell that Alora, Zane Tate and Ivy were age gap yeah And they were like nine to 10 years of a difference. So I really loved it. Don't have enough good things to say about it. And I, I love it when we talk about a story that has plot and a lot of plot and a lot of really well-developed plot, but then it also has such good spice. And so we're going to get into the spice a little too. Okay. So I gave it two peppers it had the praise, the dominance, the whole I can't keep my hands off of you aspect. So check, check, check. So I'm going to break it up into each couple. So Edwin and Cassie, like their foreplay, just like the innocent touches like throughout the night was just, it reminded me of Cecilia and Dom from the Ravenhood trilogy. And I don't know, it was just, it was just hot. And they're having sex for the first time and she's like harder. And he goes, you'll get hard, but first I want to feel you. Then going to Laura and Zane, hot, possessive, also very emotional. So they're getting ready to hook up. And he demandingly says, on your knees. And then he goes, look at us. Watch me sink into your body. You know the TikTok sound where it's like, I don't get on my knees for no man? I would for Zane. <laughs> and then to top it off, we have 
Ivy and Tate. And you can tell that he's a little hinky. And he wanted the full control. And that's one thing I liked about Tate and Ivy's relationship is she's just so used to having all the control. And then he sweeps in and was like, I'm taking all that control. And I'm like, period. It was a good girl king. So, I mean, we already know. I'm sold. I'm there. I think that he cared about Ivy so much. And part of what was so hot is because at one point he's talking about Ivy, like, I knew who you were. I've been friends with your brother for 10 years. Like, I've heard about you all this time. And then I see you and I'm like, oh, like you were, you no longer are affiliated with him. Now you're affiliated with me. And I see all of these things that you try to do. And I am going to overtake you and you are going to like it basically. So he was so possessive. Her, his whole thing was like, we're done when I say that we're done. And so she would think that he was mad and was breaking things off. And he's like, did I fucking tell you that we're done? No. Okay. Then we're not done. So he was just like such an alpha man. And I hate that language, but I can't think of another way really to describe it. He was perfect. These were men that had developed frontal lobes. <laughs> <laughs> and you get that so much with Zane and Tate, but then Edward is like sneaky, a little like kind of cutesy and young and like fun but also very hot when you get to this is the one scene I told Emily I didn't think we were going to do this for the podcast so I was not on my highlight game I slipped but the one scene that I can remember from the depths of my little memory is Halloween night when they are leaving and the couple is fucking on the car and Cassia's like looking he sees what she's looking at And then she gets embarrassed and goes to turn away and he holds her fucking jaw there to hold her head and be like, no, no, if you want to watch, we can sit here and watch. And so they sat there and watched this couple fuck. And then they went home and had sex for the first time. So hot. (laughs) Like that could be, that could be on my bucket list. Do you have space left on your list? Would you like to add that? Okay, so I, I, I do not do odd number. So if I add it, I'll be at 21. So I have to add two. Okay, well, I'm sure we'll find some other inspiration. Yeah. Like we get to the scene, spoiler, you've been spoiled if you listen this far. When she runs out the house, she hides in this like crappy motel. And so one, they are, they are funding this man Sal's retirement, a private investigator. They are patting this man's pockets. So he uses Sal to find Cassia. And he was like, if you don't get in the fucking car now, I'm going to lose my shit. And I'm like, yes, Edwin. We know that Emily loves, uh, if you don't get in the fucking car, that is her favorite thing. My favorite thing. And one thing I do like about this book, we have all this happening. Then you have like all these three girls love school. So you see like Ivy talking about like her math class and, and Alora, her like marketing classes. So you like, you see like, it's just so well-rounded because you're like, hey, they have these hot men, but they're also like struggling to pass like their test or something. So. And you were like, so this is, and my future, I can be here. That's (laughs) what you were manifesting. (laughs) Could you imagine Sav though, if we had a sibling that owned a club when we were in college? No, I cannot imagine because I would, first of all, I can't imagine a club like treason and fucking states, <laughs> but I would act up. I would act, I would act a fool. 
would just be, I wouldn't know how to act. I want to talk about Michael a little bit too, because I feel like he's this like steadfast person in the book. And I have never hated a motherfucker more than I have hated Michael. Michael is probably like one of the worst human beings on the planet. Him and Allison. Michael has micro dick energy and I just did not like him at all. And I like at one point, cause they were at this like Halloween party in the fraternity basement. Ivy and Michael had been going back and forth for years of like playing these games with each other who was more interested in who and so they're seniors at this fraternity party that was like so exclusive which we all know it's not but whatever and Ivy and Alora look at each other and they're like why are we here can we go like this is fucking stupid we are fucking hot ass 10 year older men why are we here let's leave remember having that moment like when we were like we're already 21 and we're like why are we here yeah like what are we doing we would have much rather been fucking 30 year olds like that's the difference or at their clubs I just was Uh, not sophisticated enough in college to go to a bar and order champagne no but I wish I was I don't think I I would have had the outfit you had to have some fucking stacked ass outfits to frequent bars like this yeah, but I do think I want to become that girly that just orders champagne at the bar. You should. I'll go on this journey with you. That's fine. I can do yeah. that. Let's do that. You've never been to a club before? Hey, do you consider that place that <laughs> that had the stripper cage at your bachelorette a club? <laughs> yeah, I consider that to be a club. Okay, then I have been to a club before. I thought you were going to ask if you considered shenanigans to be a club. And I was like, <laughs> no. No, I want to get like super dressed up and go to a club. Okay, I'll come with you. I can put my, my Zoom the moves to test them out. <laughs> Guys, Sav and I took Zoom over the summer as a PE class. Zoom. Sav and I would be like our partners and she's like, I'm like, don't fuck it up. (laughs) Listen, Emily has many talents. Dancing, not one of those talents. I feel like I can, we can be honest. No, it's no. She's a horrible dancer. (laughs) Hey, but those new hips, maybe they have some moves. You know what I'm saying? I know. But I don't know. So I wish you was going on this adventure. Next time we're reunited, just go to a club. I'll start looking for my outfit now. Okay. You can keep me posted. Okay. So we're going to get into discussion questions. And since we have three men, we obviously have to do a fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. So yeah Sav, everybody knew that this was coming. Right. Everybody fuck. knew it was coming. So who would you pick? This is so hard. Okay. Hmm. I am fucking Zane. I'm marrying Edwin and I'm going to kill Tate. Is that unexpected? Very unexpected. I just thought Edwin was so sweet and I feel like he would just treat you like a little princess and Zane and Tate are kind of the same to me. Interesting. What are you going to do? Marrying Zane and killing Edwin. I just don't trust him. You don't trust not even after at the end? I just no, I 
had to test drive Tate. <laughs> Mary Zane. And so that just leaves Edwin. Okay. I don't trust, I don't trust a twin. You don't trust a twin? Uh-uh. Okay, so then this goes into my next question because I want us to rank the couples from our favorite to our least favorite. And so do you not trust Ivy then? If you don't trust a twin? I trust Ivy more because I because of her character development through the book. So if I had to rate the couples, Alora and Zane are going first, then Ivy and Tate, and then Cassie and Edwin. But the thing is, I really liked Cassia. So I liked Edwin more than I liked Cassia. Interesting. Interesting. I, I mean, did and Zane are top tier. They're obviously at the front. I did think it was interesting. So that so the vending machine on the third floor, everything was 50 cents. I didn't realize that he had it programmed that way. And yeah. he would just pay the bill for like what the actual cost was supposed to be. Because Edwin was a sweet little angel and he would do anything in his power to make you feel loved every day. That's why I'd marry him. We have to mention before, so I don't forget it, that so Ivy and Edwin and Zane had like a step grandma type, like, and she wrote smut under Anne alias's name. Queen shit. Absolute queen like, shit. Queen shit. And she, and they all found out because she was like, yeah, that was my favorite author. Queen shit. And she got a whole library named after her. So Truly, yeah. in my 60s and 70s, I want to be writing smut. Mm-hmm. that is a dream so who do you have after Alora and Zane which couple okay it's the same as yours it's Alora Zane Tate Ivy Edwin Cassia but not do you say Cassia or Cassia I don't know but I just have to say girly girl if you're gonna change your name her original name is Cassie yeah Changing like one like the letter at the end nah girl you are not fooling anyone (laughs) no not a criminal mastermind in any fucking function and her uncle laura's real dad actual dad i was just like no this can't be real jaw absolutely dropped who do you think is the worst villain ivy zane and edwin's dad or michael that's a good question i think that ivy Edwin and Zane's dad is Michael grown up. So they are 100%. kind of the same villain, just in different life phases. But I love that at the end, Ivy used her powers for good and she got Michael fucking hella locked up because he was fucking a 15 year old. Disgusting. They were all at treason. And Laura's like, no, I realized that glint in your eye. And she was like, revenge is coming. I have a stronger drink for this. <laughs> I mean, regardless of if someone is lying about their age, if you think that someone is pretending to be 19 or 20 and they're actually 15, you should like open you your- have You have to be able, like you can, you, yes. like, you, would, you would know. You have to know. Stupid. What a stupid idiot. I, he got everything that was coming for him. The thing that I- sucks about the dad though, is that like, he really, he's never going to see- justice of any sort like yeah he's just gonna keep being an asshole forever but all his kids sticking a statement to him I was like yes so this was an interesting question that I thought throughout the book 
So in this book, a huge reason why Alora first leaves Zane is because she doesn't want to confess that her brother is actually her half-brother and that he is also Zane's half-brother. So this is eating her alive throughout the book. She's like, I have to walk away from Zane because I just can't. I want to keep these like little secret, like these dirty secrets away from him. And when she finally confesses to Zane about him having another brother, he confesses that he already knew. And she doesn't like really react. And I want to ask you, Sad, do you think that she let him off the hook too easily for keeping a secret? Or like, does she have any like validation to be angry because she also kept it a secret? I don't think that she should have been upset with him at all. I don't think that he wanted to hurt her. But you obviously are upset about this. So I think that you should have the floor. I think all their problems would have been solved if they had a little bit better communication skills. Just a teeny tiny bit. I mean, yeah. I think that she should have been a little bit upset, but she also didn't have any right because he already knew. I wanted some groveling in this book okay I thought that I was gonna get it but instead in this book we don't have the men groveling we have the women groveling which I also thought was an interesting twist that's fair the women do grovel I think that Alora needed to grovel though when she showed Mm -hmm. up and she packed all of her shit and was like nope I'm gonna be the one that's taking care of you now here's the thing though Mira was that her name was that that bitch's name oh who showed up to the hospital with the ring yeah yeah fuck her she yeah. she is another mira and michael deserve each other i'm sorry if you are engaged and you break up the like do you not give the ring back i mean you should but this crazy bitch kept it like she kept it and then she shows up at the hospital while this man is unconscious and acts as if they are back together that is a slimy bitch. So I don't blame Laura for leaving and being like, oh, fuck no, I'm not going to watch this. And then she goes to check in on Zane. And like, I don't blame her for being avoidant because she thought he had a whole ass fiance. She thought that they were back together. And I would like everybody know the whole time Ivy doesn't find out at the beginning that her roommates are also in relationships with her brothers. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, wait, she's like, wait, what the fuck is going on? But she handles it so much better than you would expect her to. Yeah. Which I think is like a little realistic. You cannot be that fucking upset that people are going to fuck your hot brothers. Like you'd really, I don't think it's fair. No. And that's another thing. You really do want to hate Ivy and you do hate her in the beginning, but then she really just grows on you. Yes. Okay. So part of the fun, I think in books that have this many characters is fan casting them. And so I only have a couple that I have like picked out in my mind of what they would look like. I realize that Ivy is supposed to be blonde, but I picture her as Cheryl from Riverdale, the redhead. Ooh, that's a good one. And then this is like unfair, but I think because I was picturing her as the redhead from Riverdale that I pictured Alora as Veronica, Camilla Mendez from Riverdale so those are my two that I had together and then Michael I picture as a grown-up Jake Ryan from Hannah Montana <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about yeah I think that Jacob Elordi would be a good Michael no I, you don't think no. so I can't ruin 
No, because I really do picture Jake Ryan grown up as from Hannah Montana as Michael with the blonde hair and the like annoying swagger. I think that for Alora, either like Nina Dobrev or Victoria Justice, oh. the long black hair, like the height. Okay. And then for Ivy, maybe Sydney Sweeney. Okay, so I picture Cassia as Sydney Sweeney. Cassia, whatever, Kat, whatever her fucking name is. I picture Sydney Sweeney. I don't know about like Tate Edwin and Zane. I see Zane as Mark Bazell, who's a hockey player. I'm sure he's got a block ass face. <laughs> he, she sure does. <laughs> and then I view Tate as the actor from 365 Days. Oh, that's a fucking good one. That man is fine. Absolutely and I think fine. that Chase Crawford could play Edwin. The blonde, just like the whole was Gossip Chase Girl Crawford, kind of vibes. Yeah, he was in Gossip Girl, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is good. I, okay, so I picture... Zane as like a Batman-esque maybe more Tate as like a Batman-esque Robert Pattinson because I'm in love with him so that's why I pictured him that's a good one okay well if you read this and you're picturing people let us know because I think when you have this many characters going together in a book it's just fun to see how we all would view them I would absolutely eat a show about this book up I would honestly like four more stories. Yeah. Like of this whole, like, just let, let's just keep going. Yeah. Would we pick up of them in their twenties or would you want four, like more new couples? Tricky. Because I want to know what happens with the trust fund. Yeah. I would think I would want one more in their twenties. Then let's make the <gasps> third book about their children. <gasps> oh, I love a child spinoff. And we can still have Francis the chef and GF the butler and Roy the driver. So I would like, I would like, a th- I would think three would be perfect. Okay. Should we let Willa? Yeah, we have to Devney, should we let her know? Like, yeah. hey, really, we have some thoughts about where you could take this. Or maybe I would gobble up if the second book was guys point POVs. <gasps> oh my God, that would be good. That would be really good. But yeah. they all kind of... <laughs> They're all kind of the same. Man. They are. It would be like 600 pages of just like fucking man bullshit. No, but I, I would just need the third one to be about the children. Has to be about the children. Tell because me. are they technically related? Could the children sleep with each other or would that be incestual? <laughs> I think it would be incestual. Damn, that's a bummer, honestly, because that would be fun if they could. But I think because they're all brothers. Well, they'd be like cousins. Two brothers. Well, you have cousins and then you have first cousins. <laughs> Bye. Hmm. Okay, well, I just liked this story. I liked the Gossip Girl vibe. So if y'all have anything else like this, please send us a recommendation because I will keep on eating it up. Yeah, I did not expect for it to be such a good read, but definitely was. Agreed. Okay, now we've got to put some men 
So three men at one time on the boyfriend pyramid. That is a new record on the spy track of how many we've had to put on the pyramid at once. And so, as you know, we have this boyfriend pyramid backed by science. We are women in STEM, <laughs> even though Emily didn't know how fucking thunder happened <laughs> and thought that it was because clouds ran together really fast. And the bottom of the pyramid is ultimate friends with benefits. One level up is meet the parents. The second from the top is white picket fence. And then as you all know, at the top is God tier. So where are you putting all three men on the pyramid? You know, also I would like reverse harem. Advantageous. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would be fantastic. A little ahead of stuff, but I'm going to start at the bottom. So Edwin's doing ultimate friends with benefits. And I think that I just have like such bad trust issues. I will not trust a guy who's that nice. Next, Tay is meet the parent slash buy picket fence. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you just said you can't. This tracks in Emily's real life too. She does not like a man who's nice to her. So if you would like to fuck Emily, please be as mean to her as possible. <laughs> And then Zane is God tier plus white picket fence. So that is where I'm putting the three. Where are you putting them? I am putting Edwin at Meet the Family. And then I'm putting both Tate and Zane at white picket fence, but a little lower in white picket fence. I liked them a lot. I just, when you think about the repertoire of men that we have put in this pyramid, I'm not putting, they're like very middle of the pack. And I liked Edwin a lot. He was very nice. And I would, I mean, my family would love him. Yeah, so would love him. 100%. I have to say something. Yeah. A listener of the show, who is also my realtor, who is also a really good friend of mine, was talking about her taste in men. And I told her that her taste in men is men who hate women, <laughs> like are mean to, to women. And I don't know if you're quite as far progressed as she is, but your kink is men who are mean to you just need a real life Tate or Zane because I think they have it they mean no but I think that they are in the right circumstances (laughs) I just know that like you want a man to yell at you if I yelled at you right now you would cry I would start crying like I don't handle stress well at all so I don't know where like this is coming (laughs) from because as soon as there's a stressful moment, I will start crying. This is the byproduct of all the mafia smut that you have read. Okay, well, again, if you're trying to fuck Emily, be mean to her. She will cry, but she'll get over it, and then she'll come around. Bab got me this book and unfortunately burnt in the fire, but it was like saying, like, you're my best friend because <laughs> there was a part <laughs> where it was like, this part of you needs to be studied by science and sad wrote your taste in <laughs> I mean, your taste in men would make a fantastic social study of some sort. Probably. Y'all, if the nicknames for these men are literally green bean, pancake, bologna, and tamil boy, <laughs> I have not been doing well if those are their nicknames. No. <laughs> it's not been going well at all <laughs> from an outside perspective things are not well so it's an open call at this point if you want to fuck emily just let me know hit me up <laughs> at sav lowry on instagram i'll be in savannah we're doing friendsgiving so can you 
<laughs> oh shit, we're losing. <laughs> do we have anything else to discuss? No, but I really do think that this book was fitting for how we're losing our shit because these people were also losing their shit. So Correct. we could be characters in the manner. So I think if I would have read this book while my mental health was top tier, it wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah, no. So if you're struggling a little, this is like a good one. I mean, I listen, once you find out someone's boyfriend fucked their dad, you're like, oh, I'm fucking killing it. Like I'm doing great. How do you bounce back from that? You literally don't. <laughs> I would never be okay. No, and Michael Bank, the POS that he is, literally, you sell the guy that they're literally padding his retirement to go and find out, like, and find Josh. And Josh shows up to the manor and it's like, I just want to talk to you. And she's like, get the fuck away from me. You fucked my dad. Get away from me. He was a professor Crazy. at their college. Which again, very hot. We love a professor-student relationship, just not if the professor's daughter is dating the student. That makes things less fun. Yeah. So that's about it. That's a roller coaster. A roller coaster. Join us next week as we read Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood, which is the second installment from her love hypothesis story. So it's very fun about a woman in STEM. Oh, what the fuck else? <laughs> it is enemies to lovers. Oh, it is enemies to lovers. I think so. So I think that they went to school together, okay. and like they like. So I think we have a part of academic rivals as well. Listen, what I'm not gonna do is I'm not gonna look up who she wrote this thinking of because I swear to God, if it's fucking Adam Driver again, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I would you him. Told me that about love hypothesis. I was like, I'm so fun glad I finished this book before you told me because I would not have been able to finish it. Truly, Adam Driver the whole fucking time. I could not do it. So I will not be looking that up until after I've read it so that I can enjoy it. And we hope that you get it. It comes out on August 23rd. So this Tuesday. So you've got a little over a week to read it before we'll talk about it next Wednesday. As always, have a great week and thanks for listening. Bye, guys.